Psalm 33 verse 8 reads, Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Hello, my name is Bryce Beal. I am a pastor elder here at Faith Bible Church. Welcome to another episode, episode 23 of Think This Way, the podcast of Faith Bible Church. I apologize for the delay. I know this was supposed to come out Tuesday. I don't know what day it's coming out. Um, Today is Thursday as I record this. That is because my house has been ravaged by a stomach bug. (laughs) It just goes on and on and on, so pray for us. But I think we're about through it. But anyways, um, I do apologize. We'll try to be more consistent in the future. This episode and next week's episode conclude this quarterly focus on God himself. And certainly you feel like you want to go out with a bang with a topic like God himself. And so I want to do two parts to this conclusion of this quarter. Both this podcast episode and the next will be focused on living in wonder. In other words, how do we take everything that we've talked about God over the last episodes for three months now, and how do we live in a way that lines up with this high view of God that we've presented? How do we actually live in wonder, in amazement, so that this truth about God that we know from Scripture, that we prize, that we cherish, doesn't just sit on a shelf somewhere as we live our lives as if we were unbelievers or secular or something like that. How do we live in wonder of the God that we know and that we worship? That is the question. What I want to do today is talk just very briefly about what wonder actually is, define that idea, and what living in wonder of God would mean. So we're really focused on the wonder part of things in this episode And in next week's episode, we're going to focus on the living in. How do we practically do this or grow in this? So let's start by talking about wonder. What is wonder? You may want to simply equate this idea of wonder to an expression of emotion. So if someone puts their hands on their head, falls to their knees, gasps, looks to the sky, that's wonder. Well, that certainly is wonder, but I want to argue that wonder is more than just that. The reason I want to say that wonder is not exactly equal to our emotional expression of feeling wonder is because you and I and others are so different from each other in the way that God has made us that some people naturally express more emotion than others. In this case, if wonder were just the emotional expression of things, then people who naturally are more expressive would be able to live richer Christian lives and the rest of us simply would not. (laughs) I don't think that's the case. I think God knew what he was doing when he designed us differently, even on a natural level. So I don't want to say that wonder is just this emotion that you express outwardly. That's why sometimes someone will come here to Faith Bible Church on a Sunday morning and they will see the way that we worship God Uh, in singing. And in our cultural expression of it, if you will, our personality as a church, we're not very outwardly expressive. I find Sunday morning worship to be very moving inwardly, but usually my hands are folded. I've raised them in the past and people are completely welcome to do that. See a hand up, but it's not typical. In other circles, it's very typical. It's very outward. It's very expressive. 
Some people will interpret that as, oh, that's a dead church, which is the most bizarre thing to me because if you see all the things God is doing among the people here, it's certainly not a dead church. Again, this has to do with just cultural, natural tendencies. Some people are more outwardly expressive. Others are not. It's completely fine. But we don't want to say that this wonder we're aiming at in our understanding of God and our experience of God, we don't want to say the wonder is just the outward expression. It certainly involves emotion and even expression of emotion, but I want to say that it's more than that. So if you're not someone who is very emotive, is very expressive in your emotions, it's okay. Not everyone is. You also can live in wonder. Let me back up this idea a little bit. I know we're usually going straight to scripture, which we always should. I actually want to bring in a friend from the past. We've talked about him before, Jonathan Edwards from the 1700s. He was a great theologian. He wrote a book called Religious Affections, which some of you, maybe many of you have read. If not, it's worth reading. In that book, he was dealing with something related to this idea of wonder. He calls them religious affections. He's talking about what is evidence of truly loving God, having these real emotional affections toward God. And how do you separate those out from things that are false? When someone looks like they have those and then they walk away from the faith, how can you tell if it's true or if it's false? Well, in part two of that book, he goes through several sections just explaining, hey, if you have this experience, it doesn't prove you have real religious affections, or in our case, real wonder, and it doesn't disprove it. It does neither thing. So for example, here's section one. He says, it is no sign one way or the other that religious affections, we would say wonder, are very great or raised very high. So he's saying, if you find in yourself this burning in the bosom toward religious things, and it's very great or it's raised very high, it really moves you, some people would assume, well, that must be from God. You must be wondering at God. And he simply says it doesn't prove it or disprove it. So someone could have this emotional expression that looks like a wonder toward God and it not be that. And others will have it and it will be that, but it's not a proof either way. Here's section two of that same part. It is no sign that affections have the nature of true religion or that they have not, that they have great effects on the body. Jonathan Edwards lived during the time of the Second Great Awakening and people were coming to Christ and it was sweeping across America. And part of what was happening is people would have a heavy conviction of sin and they would weep out. Tears would roll down their face. Some would pass into unconsciousness. That led some people to say, well, this is not from God. It's from the devil. God's a God of order. He wouldn't bring about this emotional excesses. And other people would say, well, if there's this much emotion, all of this must be from God and genuine. And Edwards was saying, no, it doesn't prove it one way or the other. So you may go into a church where during worship, people are yelling, dancing, running around. It looks so expressive. Tears are flowing. And you may be tempted to think, well, that's living in wonder. Not necessarily. You could find that in other religious systems as well. On the other hand, you may come to Faith Bible or a a Presbyterian church or somewhere that's very calm, thoughtful, just culturally, and think, do they even love God? (laughs) 
Certainly, it's not proof against it that it has great effects or doesn't have great effects on the body. Edwards acknowledges that when we have affections, when our hearts are moved toward God or toward religious things, it does affect our body, maybe even in a very small way. It does have an effect. There's a connection between our body and our mind. He's not denying that, but he simply wants to point out that it's not always clear outwardly. Some people are more outwardly expressive, and we shouldn't put too much weight in that or not. It's fine either way. It's just a difference. So when we talk about wonder, we want to live in wonder of God, we're not merely equating that with these outward expressions. Like you, if you come to live in wonder, you're just going to walk around crying all the time. You're going to be falling to your knees when you see a beautiful leaf because of God, God created it. We're not necessarily meaning that, although for you, maybe it will mean that, but not necessarily. I want to argue that wonder, it's not equal to our emotions or our expressions, but it's not less than an emotion. I also don't want to think that wonder then is just an intellectual accomplishment. As long as you think a true thing about God and you go, that's good, then you're living in wonder of God. That's not true. Satan can do that. (laughs) Demons do that and tremble. Yet they don't live in wonder of God. They live in fear of God in a bad way and they hate him. So we also want to say that this idea of a positive emotion toward God, living in wonder, it's not equal to that, to expressing that, but it's not less than that emotion either. I would say it's something more. If you just want to think in your own mind, about this concept of wonder, just take it into your own life. Have you ever stood before an amazing nature scene? The Grand Canyon is an easy one that comes to mind, but even just a a mountain. I had a friend go up to Banff in Canada recently. Beautiful. The lakes are so blue. Wherever it is, and you're looking out on a beautiful nature scene, and it just takes your breath away. Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you had that happen? Let me ask you, what's happening in that moment? For some, when they see that, they will fall to their knees and weep (laughs) if you're highly expressive. Others, if you're more laid back or reserved, if you're with a group of friends, it's, it's doing something in you. You might not show any outward expression at all, but you're still wondering at that scene. It takes your breath away. Or think of the beauty of someone lovingly sacrificing, maybe in a movie or in real life, and it moves you. It The morality, the goodness of it really moves you, makes you want to change your life when you see that in someone. What's going on there? You may not outwardly express it in in massive ways. Others might not even see it in you, but you know within yourself, you are wondering or marveling at that. So, wonder is not just how you express emotion, but it is emotion and something more. And let's continue to talk about what more that may be. By focusing now on not just wonder in itself, but I want to spend a little time focused on wondering at God, because that's really what we're talking about here. What does it mean to have this inner experience of wonder, but directed at God? Let me give you an example of this in the New Testament, Matthew 8. This is where Jesus is in a boat, and his disciples are there, and there's a great storm, and they are freaking out, and Jesus gets up, And it says, he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. (laughs) So you could try that on your next fishing trip. It's not going to work, you know. But Jesus amazingly rebukes the winds and the sea. He says, stop. 
and they obey, you know, better than your children obey you. (laughs) The winds and the sea literally obey Jesus. And the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this that even winds and sea obey him? Notice that word marveled. Thaumadzo is the Greek there. They marveled. They were amazed or they wondered at Jesus, who is God, because they saw his power expressed, his control over the natural world. They said, what sort of man is it? They asked this question of marveling. Wow. From just that scene, you can see that wonder toward God is this thing that takes your breath away but that specifically has God as the object of your thought. It's as you're thinking about God himself, something true about him, then you have that inner experience where your breath is taken away. Here is, if we return to Jonathan Edwards and religious affections, when we get to part three, part two is these are things that don't prove or disprove that your wonder is real, but part three says these are real proofs that... um, that wonder or that affection is real. Section two of that, he says, the first objective ground of gracious affections, and we're saying wonder, is the transcendently excellent and amiable nature of divine things as they are in themselves and not any conceived relation they bear to self or self-interest. All that Edwards is saying there is real religious affections or real, genuine wonder at God is wonder taking away of the breath that's produced when you're thinking about God as he is in himself. So it's not just that you think, oh, God loves me, I love me, wow. But you're thinking of God is loving. That's amazing in God. You're realizing something true of God. So wonder toward God has God as the object of your thought. He's the one you're thinking of, him in himself. Of course, you will think about his love for you and so forth, not to minimize that. But it's God that's the object. It's not you that's the object, what God is doing for you. It's that God is doing it. He calmed the wind and the seas. Wow, there's a marvel. They weren't marveling we're alive. They were marveling, how did he do that? And when you are thinking about God and your breath is taken away, then that's a really wonder at God. So here's the best way I can summarize this as we conclude here. Wonder toward God is when I'm thinking on some truth about God and I come to believe that truth to be real and to be so remarkable that it moves me. That's the best I can do with it. That's wondering at God. I'm thinking a truth about God, any truth about God, one of his attributes, something true about him. And then I exercise faith. I believe that to be real. I think God is love. Then I believe it. He assists me to believe that that's true, not imaginary. That's real. He really has this great Romans chapter eight type of a love. And I'm so amazed I consider it to be so remarkable that it moves me, meaning it takes my breath away. So if you want that more simply, because that's complicated, here's what it means to wonder at God. You ponder God's perfections until they take your breath away. You ponder God's perfections until they take your breath away. So it may be in the past that you thought, 
wondering at God or marveling at Him required that you be more of an expressive person than you are, and maybe you gave up on that. You just thought, I'm not someone who wonders at God. I'm not someone amazed at God because I'm not really expressive. Perhaps you thought that in the past. Or in the past, it may be that you thought, only those people who are really expressive outwardly, who cried openly and jumped for joy outwardly, were people who could be amazed by God. Only the people who could talk rapidly about the perfections of God were people who could live in wonder of God, and not you yourself, because maybe you're not wired that way. You may have thought that in the past, or you may have thought in the past there's no need even to wonder at God. As long as you intellectually know the true things about God, isn't that enough just to know the truth about Him? Well, you may have thought those things in the past, but may God help us all now to think this way.